This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Adam's new book, Bird. It is available at adammorris.net or available on Amazon or anywhere good books are sold. Welcome to episode 73 of Talking Wild Madness. This is Adam. And once again, I am starting the podcast by saying, uh, well, what an insane uh, few days it has been, uh, and really good, insane, uh, good, um, fun, and uh, juggling comes to mind. Lots and lots and lots of juggling. And I've never juggled. Uh, I did juggle, actually. I juggled um, oranges uh, when I was did a, a day in an art class with little kids and I started juggling I had those three oranges in the room for some reason and they were they were small kids they were like two uh, no they weren't two they were in like in year two which I think is about six and they thought a, a man juggling three oranges it, it was like they had just walked on the moon they thought that was the most incredible thing spectacle that they had ever witnessed in their entire lives and maybe <clears throat> excuse me maybe it was up until that point that was in rockingham uh i was in rockingham so maybe maybe someone juggling three oranges was the greatest thing anyone had ever seen uh shout out to everyone in rockingham uh so what's going on okay there's a Patreon page, which is which I'm starting, uh, which is basically me asking people to give me money, uh, which I'm very uncomfortable with. But in the in the tradition of talking wild madness and in the tradition of being outside of one's comfort zone, I'm going to do it and jump in uh, head first. So if you don't know what Patreon is, I think it was a website that Jordan Peterson actually boycotted. Uh, before his before his mind collapsed before it, before I think he I think he became so overwhelmed with his role in the world that his his mind literally just shut down and uh, and said no we need to go to uh, we need to go and lie down for a month or two Jordan uh, we can't keep keep this up <clears throat> we're operating. We're operating on too high a level here for too long, and I think we need to go to a, a Russian clinic and lie in a Russian bed and have Russian nurses bring us um, bring us bowls of, of white soup, cold white soup, and uh, we're just going to relax for a while. I, I saw an interview of him the other day where he was back, um, and he looked sh he looked shaken, he looked rattled, he looked even thinner than than normal, but it, it looked like he was. Uh, it, yeah, it looked like he had recovered, which is awesome. So, Jordan Peterson, if you happen to be listening to the show and you feel like becoming a patron, uh, head over to patreon.com and type in Adam Morris. I don't think I'm there. I don't think I'm there yet. I think they have to uh, review the page. So what I was going to do, if you are someone who has, like, bought a book or uh, bought an album or um, has bought a T-shirt or has bought a mug or anything like that, um, I'll have your email details. So I'll send uh, anyone who's bought anything, I'll, I'll once the link is definitely up, 
I will send uh, an email, a begging, a begging bowl email, I suppose. Um, and I think you can become a Patreon member. This is this episode is not sponsored by Patreon, by the way. I'm uh, just kind of talking out loud, talking through it. Uh, but you can become a patron of the arts. So it basically you ha- you are becoming the modern version of the medieval Catholic Church. You are um, basically saying, uh, we'd like you to paint the ceiling, or we, yeah, hang on, wait a minute. <clears throat> I'm not comparing myself to Michelangelo here, but it's, it's, it's something similar. Uh, Caravaggio, we need a, a, a painting primarily of the back of a horse uh, uh, on the road to Damascus. Do you think you can do that? Yes, I think I can do that. Um, uh, you're, you're, well, what, do, what do they call Monsignor? I don't know. So you can become a patron and you, a patron, sorry, and you can, you can basically pay like a dollar a week, $4 a month. For those struggling with the maths, that's four dollars a month. Uh, and I suppose the way it's been described to me, it is for less than the price of a, of a cup of coffee, you can support a um, an artist. You can support a working artist. So if you, I also heard if you're hanging out with someone, if someone was your friend and you were hanging out with them and you were enjoying their company in the course of a month, you would probably buy them a cup of coffee or you would buy them a beer or you would buy them, you know, it would probably end there, wouldn't it? Coffee and beer, that's kind of that's kind of it. Uh, so for less than the price of a cup of coffee, you can become a patron. And, um, yeah, and I would really appreciate that coffee. I really would. Um, now... Their Patreon encourages you, or me, sorry, as the artist, to provide something to patrons that is not available to the public. So I was having, I'm I'm sorry, I'm a bit uh, bit, um, coffee today. Uh, So I was having a chat with a friend, a very good friend, and they suggested that I do a... Um, we're, we're making a film at the end in November. So they suggested that I do a separate series of podcasts that detail the making of the film. Uh, and part of what's kept me so busy and so crazy in the last week is that is the process of putting this, putting a film together because I put out, uh, uh audition calls on different acting uh, websites, on different uh, Facebook groups in, in Western Australia. Um, and already, like it's only been three, four days, and already there's so much has, has happened just from that uh, call out. Uh, yeah, it, <clears throat> I, I imagine it would only get more, um, more interesting, more complicated, more exciting. I mean, it's really, really quite uh, fun. Yeah, the, re- the process so far has been quite fun. So what I'm going to do, um, I think it's a great idea. I'm going to put the script up on uh, Patreon. So if you become a patron, you can read the the script. I've still got about 20 pages to go, but it's it's almost finished. And the last 20 pages are, are mapped out. So I just need to 
basically sit down and, and, and write them out. They're mapped out in my head. I mean, I, I know what what's what's kind of coming. Um, so, and then I can just add to that <clears throat> as it's up on Patreon. I can add to that, and people, if, if you want to, you can read it. Obviously, if you don't want to read it, you don't have to read it. And then, as well as having the script up there for people to to read if they wanted, um, yeah, that was going to do a little uh, mini podcast series, basically on on the progress of the, the making of. Because I really enjoyed, I always really enjoyed the making of documentaries. There's, there's a brilliant, uh, there's a brilliant documentary which almost became a, a hit movie in itself about the making of Apocalypse Now, and I think it's called Heart of Darkness or Into the Heart of Darkness. And it's absolutely, for me, it was fascinating. I haven't seen it for probably 20 years, but it was, uh, yeah, I remember watching it thinking this is actually, this is better than, than Apocalypse Now, which is saying something, you know, which is definitely, definitely saying something. Um, so, yeah, if, if you'd like to, even if you don't like, even if you don't want to read the script and even if you don't want to listen to the making of uh making of the movie podcast. The movie's called Edward and Isabella, by the way. I think I might have mentioned that before. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Uh, it's called Edward and Isabella. It's basically one, it's a film with really only, it's with two people in it. And it's about a couple who's who are not really enjoying each other. They've been married for some time and they decide to get away for a week or two in the country to try and resolve their relationship, to try and work out uh, what's what what it is that's not working. And they're trying to, um, they're, they're basically trying to decide whether they're, whether they're going to stay or whether they're going to go. But it's all below the surface. They don't actually, you don't have these kind of conversations or at least this couple hasn't had these kind of conversations. So I don't know if you'd call it a character study or a relationship study, um, but it's a, it's a nice departure from the last, my last big project obviously was, uh, was bird. And I mean, you know, bird is, is uh, full of uh, vulgarity and, and violence and sex and, and drugs and, uh, all forms of misery and cruelty and and horror, uh, you know, and you can it, you can it's almost like this pornographic feast of 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 insanity, <clears throat> and when and, and it's it was it is uh, it the book itself is is very true, but it's not it's not true for a lot of people it's not true for a lot of people's reality people most people don't spend time in that world in that world of, of prison and, and the underclass and the criminal class um, you know just most people don't spend time there so when you are when you're writing a book that is about that kind of stuff um, the the shock and awe almost carries the reader through because it's all brand new uh, whereas, and, and in that sense, I think it's probably easier maybe to, to write a book full of pornographic violence and, and sex and misery and cruelty because the, the reader is, 
it's like you know it's like setting off a, a firecracker it gets everyone's attention because it's oh what's over there oh that's disgusting oh my god what what now what are they going to do ah oh, that's horrendous etc etc uh whereas with edward and isabella it's it's really it's a world that almost everybody already knows anyone that's been um in a long relationship anyone that's been with another person for you know a decade or more has had these moments has had has had to navigate the realities of a uh, and i use the word mundane in, in the best possible way but you have to you have to navigate the uh the mundaneness of everyday life together uh so it the, the to write the script was it was a nice space to be in because i didn't feel <clears throat> excuse me i um I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to say juggle oranges to, to get the reader's attention. Um, I wasn't able to introduce them to things that, that are, you know, horrifying to, to observe. Uh, I just had to, had to really just concentrate on the reality of Edward and Isabella and to make that compelling for, you know, a 90 page, a uh, hundred page script. Um, and that, I think that's, I don't know if that's harder to do or it's just different to do. Yeah. I, I don't think easier or harder is, is the right way to think about it, but it, <clears throat> it was nice to play in, a, in a space that was, I suppose, a bit more normal and a bit more, a bit more calm. Yeah, that that was very nice. Now I've 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 written a book called uh, Winter of One Fire, which I've I've now kind of I've I've sent out into the world to see if I can if I can get that uh, if I can get that published. Uh, and that's a that that's a book about fatherhood, and that is the same. That's similar. That's kind of all right. We're just we're just we're waiting in a calm space of uh, of familiarity, and we're exploring that familiarity. And we're trying to get into the to the heart of the matter, to to, to quote Graham Greene. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh dear. So, the script will be there, and then there'll be um, yeah, then there'll be the, the making of podcasts will be there. So, what's been what's been happening so far? So, I suppose this will be. Uh, a slightly disjointed version of the mini podcast, be, um, a, a little bit of it anyway. I put um, so far. I've had before before Monday. I've had uh, three people audition for the role of um, of Isabella, and all three were wonderful, absolutely wonderful. And if we were to make the movie tomorrow with any with either of the, those three people, it would it would be fantastic. Now, I, I need I need a, a male actor about thirty years old, so say twenty five to thirty five, and I need a I need a female about the same twenty five to thirty five. So, in the interest of seeing what was out there, I put uh, an ad for. A call out, I suppose, an audition call out uh, to see what what was out there. 
and there's a, a there there was a before I started this podcast there was I I was terrified of sitting down and talking for X amount of time a couple of times a week and the fear was palpable it was it was a real genuine oh my god this is terrifying and now we're up to episode 72 and there's still an element of oh what am i doing this is really this is this is and i hope it comes i hope it doesn't come across that way hopefully it comes across uh <laughs> hopefully it comes across confident and competent uh but i i remember the because I wanted to start this podcast probably for four years, five years, uh, and it took that long to kind of work up the courage to do it. Um, because I'm, I, I feel, or I felt completely uh, exposed <clears throat> when you uh, when I'm when I'm writing either if I'm writing songs or if I'm writing books, I'm always writing about um, very personal things, uh, things that I. I, that I that I struggle with things that mean um, things that are meaningful to me, but when you're writing a song or when you're writing a a book, you get time to craft it and shape it and edit it and make it as perfect as you can before you let it out into the world. Whereas with the podcast, there's no editing, there's no crafting, there's no shaping, there's no drafting, there's no s- scripting, there's there's nothing. It's it's um, it's almost like a stream of conscious journal, uh, and you're and I'm still trying to th- uh, talk about things that are that are meaningful and personal and challenging to me, uh, as I am right now. Uh, but I'm completely naked in a, in a sense. I'm completely exposed. Uh, you know, so there was that fear of, oh well, people are going to find out that uh, you know just how how flawed I am, how petty I am, how, uh, uh, well, I won't rattle off a list of my flaws, but people will find out everything about me. Now, we're 72 or 73 podcasts in, uh, and I think the average time is about 40 minutes, so I'm not going to do the, I'm not going to do the maths, but there's hours, there's hours and hours and hours of, of me uh, thinking out loud pretty much, um, so if anyone wanted to get to know me without meeting me, they could listen to these podcasts and they'd kind of work out what kind of person I was. And there's a great, there's a fear in there. But as I, I took my inspiration from uh, uh, the great Joe Cabot in Reservoir Dogs and his famous line of inspiration that sometimes you just have to shit your pants and dive in and swim. And that's what I did. And it's been fantastic. It's been regardless of, of, uh, of what, uh, someone might think of the podcast, at least from this, my perspective, it's been really, really good. Uh, it's been, it's been like an unshackling of fear, which, which is nice. It's a nice feeling. And it's, it's the same process that I uh, did when I uh, got up on stage to sing for the first time. That was the worst, worst thing I could ever do. Uh, uh, it was in Mojo's in North Fremantle. I can't remember how old I was. I would have been like 21 or maybe 22. Uh, and I, did, I, I was, I didn't even like walking into a bar. I didn't, I didn't like going out. I didn't like going any. I was so shy. It was such a social mess. Uh, 
I, I was one of those people that thought everybody in the room was looking at me and judging me and judging me very harshly. And I, <clears throat> I couldn't, I could barely speak to people, um, which is probably why I started drinking so heavily so early because it made all that go away. Um, and I was able to function, you know, at least for <laughs> at least for a few hours before, before uh, you, you reached uh, critical mass and then and then obviously things don't always go and end so well so the idea of stepping up on stage in a bar in a pub and you know announcing basically hello i'm i'm here uh, everybody turn around and look at me and i'm now going to sing for you and play guitar for you is just like it, it it was like that's insane that is absolutely insane but it was, uh, and I will give myself uh, a gold star, as as Gretchen Rubin would say. I'm gonna give, I give myself a gold star for courage. Um, but my point is, it feels making this film. I feel exactly the same. I feel exactly the same right now. Uh, and me putting uh, typing into, you know, Facebook actors group, or three or four of them. I think I did. Um, you know, there was literally, I wouldn't go as far as say as I was physically trembling as I was writing in the, the call out, but there was an element of fucking hell, man, what are you doing? You know, who are you to, uh, who are you to, to interfere in people's lives and get them to, uh, believe that you are going to make a, a film. Um, but again, uh, you know, shit your pants, dive in and swim. So, the call outs went out and I, there was an element of, of Pandora's box because for all the, for all the craziness that I felt about asking people there, turns out there are lots of people just as crazy out there who are willing to uh, step up to the plate and have a crack, so to speak, to have, a, have to put their hat in the ring. Um, the, the, the phrase, if you want the coconut, you, you have to climb the tree, uh, which, which is all, <laughs> which is also, okay. So <clears throat> yeah, slight tangent, um, visiting a sex shop with, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I can tell this story actually. Um, can I tell this story? I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to tell the story like it was someone else, which it was. So this person walks into a, a sex shop with their friend and uh, they're looking at, at, uh, at vibrators. And if you haven't been in a sex shop, I, I imagine, if you haven't been in a, in a sex shop, it's quite a weird space to be in. It's quite uh, confronting, you know. Uh, there are there, there's weird things all over the place. Um, and there, what's, what's weird about the weird things in the sex shop is that they've reached this is i imagine they've reached a point of normalcy that that there's an industry behind them uh so there's enough people purchasing the things in the in the sex shop in in order for there to be evidence of of the industry of the of the sex shop you know like there's a you know there's a hundred dollar wooden paddle that you can you can hit your lover with apparently Someone made that and someone mass produced that because there's enough people lining up that want that. Um, now, what's 
what's interesting is that the sex shop is one of the only retail outlets in the world where what it sells, no one talks about. What it sells, uh, even even me talking about this now, is very bizarre. So it has it has uh, things in there that uh, lots of people want, yet no one discusses. No one's allowed to to talk about. So when you're in this space and you're surrounded by all sorts of you know films and, and videos and leathers and 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 straps and uh, you know. The litany of uh, of, uh, of 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 pleasure available to a to a man and a woman, or a man and a man, or a woman and a woman, or what have you. Um, there's a part of you that wants to just run out of there, wants to just get out. Um, it's too embarrassing. It's it's it's. I suppose it's kind of it's it's the equivalent of being completely naked in in public. There's an element of of shame. Uh, of of being in a sex shop, so the instinct is to get out. The instinct is to run away, and it's the same instinct that says, "I'm not going to get on stage and play that song." Uh, it's the same instinct that says, uh, "No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to make a podcast." And it's the same instinct that says, "I'm I'm uh, I'm not going to make a film. Who am I to make a film?" Uh, th- that same instinct is is I need to get out of this sex shop. Uh, you know that the sixty-five-year-old shaved-headed uh, lesbian shopkeeper with the tattoos uh, looking at me is freaking me out, and I think I think need to get out, need to run away here. But if you want the coconut, you have to climb the tree. If you want the orgasm, you have to buy the vibrator, so to speak. So when I ask for uh, actors. There were people. There turns out there are people lining up, ready to climb the tree, ready to buy the vibrator. Now, by the way, Edward and Isabella is not a pornographic film. So, in any in any sense of the word, in any sense of the word. So uh, let's let's put that to to rest. I was about to say let's put that to bed. <clears throat> oh <my> God. <laughs> so uh, people got in touch. And I literally got flooded. Like I got, I got flooded with uh, emails, and uh, and people sent in their show reels, which is I've just learned is is the part of the nomenclature of the film making industry, and it's usually like a two minute. Uh, it's a link to a two minute YouTube video or a Vimeo video of the person performing, say three different roles so you you click on a link and there's a 30 year old man and he is uh the first scene is him with a gun uh you know pointing it at someone tied to a chair saying some dialogue and then it cuts to him and he's on a park bench with a girl and he's trying to seduce her and then the third one might be him at his mother's funeral comforting his sister or something and in each each of the scenes, the, the you know the man's in different costume, and he's supposed to be a different character, and and women are the same. I asked a friend yesterday, do women prefer to be called women or ladies? Uh, and apparently, women prefer to be called women. Women don't like to be called ladies anymore. 
is that I don't know if that's true. We don't have a comment section down below, uh, but if you'd like to leave a voicemail on the podcast or send an email in about whether or not women prefer to be called women or ladies, uh, let me know. I think women sounds stronger, doesn't it? But ladies sounds very nice too, so I'm not sure. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. So I got all these showreels from from women or ladies and men. Uh, and they were terrific. They were absolutely terrific. And I grew, I, I got inspiration. Uh, I drew from their uh, inspiration or I drew from their courage or willing to put themselves out there to, um, as inspiration, as, as a comfort kind of thing to me. So I was like, yeah, we're on the, we're on the right track. This is, and it's going to be, it's going to be, it's, I hope it is anyway. It might not, it might turn, it might descend into madness, but I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I think it'll be fun. And I think I was thinking about this. Um, I was thinking about the practice of, of, of my uh, creativity or my writing or my, or my music and it's always the best when it's when it's playful. It's always the best when it's fun. Uh, and say even even when you're writing uh, Bird, which is you know that catalog of horror, um, it was still a lot of fun to write. It was still very very. Uh, it was a joyful thing. It wasn't an arduous, uh, you know, brick by brick building the wall task. It was a fun, good space. You felt like you were kind of playing, um, and 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 that's. You know that happens with 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 songwriting. Well, with, with my songwriting, I don't think I've ever written a song that I've had to drag out of hell to to create. the The best songs they just kind of kind of fall out at, out of out of you, and you're. I mean, it's called it's literally called playing. You're playing music. Um, so yeah, we're going to approach the the filmmaking. Uh, process in in that in that sense that it that it is going to be fun it is going to be playful uh, and and in all aspects uh, not not just the the script writing but the auditioning and and the uh, and the actual the making of it uh, as well which I think is the right approach so and one of the incredible things that that has happened uh, just this week uh, is that there is a uh, one of the uh, actors uh, act, actor now this is another one are, are, um, do do female actors are you do they are they do they still go by actress are you, is that a is that a thing is that a is that the preferred nomenclature uh actress or is, uh, is everyone an actor is everyone an actor 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 i'm gonna call them actors and then I'm gonna I'm gonna put the um, oh man what is it the noun the pre-noun, the pronoun the female the woman the woman actor there was a great scene in the in Jackson Pollock the biopic and uh, he goes to see Lee Strasberg and she is it Lee Strasberg or, no hang on he's the acting guy no I think he's she's the painter who's the guy that runs the actor's studio Lee Strasberg oh man I think it's the same person. Whoever Jackson Pollock's painting partner, uh, I think they got married or they lived together for decades anyway. 
they were another that had to navigate the, the reality of, of going through the world together. But imagine trying to go through the world with fucking Jackson Pollock. But he goes and meets her for the first time in her apartment and he sees her painting. Uh, you know, she's got paintings all over the all over the all over the apartment, and he just kind of stalks from room to room, taking it all in. And then he just says, "You're you're a good woman painter." So I'm going to call the the woman act- actors that. I don't know how successful that's going to be. Adam, uh, I might have to revisit that when when I get when I'm when I'm chatting when I get to meet some of these. Uh, 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 actors, female actors in 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 person. I'll uh, I'll ask them if they want to be called. Uh, anyway, I went and saw uh, a Jackson Pollock painting in in the New York uh, Museum of Modern Art. Is it was it the Museum of Modern Art? I wanted to see Jackson Pollock, and I wanted to see a Kandinsky, and I wanted to see a Rodin sculpture. I touched a Rodin sculpture, and I got in trouble by uh, by one of the um, the ushers or whoever, whatever those people are called. Um, so I've touched a Rodin, a piece of marble that Rodin has has touched, I've touched, and I got in trouble for it, and that's okay. But they still let me stay in. Um, the Jackson Pollock painting, I have to say, was dreadful. It was absolutely dreadful. And when you're standing in front of it, looking at it, you, it screams, oh, this is shit. This is really, really not good. Not the most popular stance I've taken on uh, on art appreciation, and uh, but true. So one of the uh, actors who got in touch, and this is this is nuts. This is unbelievable. Is an actor who usually lives in Melbourne and Los Angeles, and has been in films with Russell Crowe and uh, Ryan Gosling and Amy Schumer. And she, for want of a better word, is trapped at the moment in WA because her family's here, I think, um, and the borders are all closed, so she hasn't got any things to do. And she was one of the actors who who reached out and uh, basically the same as everyone else. You know, send a show reel in and said, uh, "I'd be interested to to learn more about the about the project." So that's happening, which is just you know, frightening, frightening stuff. Um. So the the coconut uh, the coconut is in is in is in is now in sight. The coconut's now in sight, and as 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 going forward. Uh, yeah, I'll be de- detailing uh, detailing what what's happening and how this is going to unfold, how it's going to come together. But it's uh, it's kind of thrilling, man. It really is. I am. Um, I had a I had a um, a moment uh, early this morning um, where I was like, I hope I don't die. I hope because my last podcast had had the title that death does not exist, uh, and I know that's very. Um, that's that's a fate tempting move that title and so I'm 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 on thin ice with heavy skates uh, uh, karmically maybe writing that kind of stuff down and, and then and then putting it out into the world uh, I don't think the universe likes to be tested with that kind of shit I think the universe has a very uh, grim view on on people saying things like that so karmically if I can I, I was 
and just yeah i'd really like to make this film <clears throat> before my um if the universe which usually is uh uh usually is defined by its indifference uh hopefully i i don't draw the uh, the wrath or the ire of its attention for for that for that last comment um and i was thinking oh man it would be awful if i uh, had a like cease to exist because i really want to i really want to finish this i really want to see the i want to follow this project through and um uh, and that's a great feeling man that's a really nice feeling uh, because sometimes you don't feel like that, obviously. Sometimes you feel the fucking opposite of that. Sometimes you feel like, and I'm in no danger of, of uh, suicide, so I, I don't want to scare anyone at all. I'm, I'm in no danger. Um, but sometimes you don't. Sometimes you feel, oh, my God, I can't wait for all this to be over. You know, uh, there, was a, there was a quote at the end of that Freedom movie uh, where she says something like life, it was a fun ride or it was a fun time, but I don't want to do this again, you know, and life has a way of making you feel like that. Life really can get quite overwhelming and, and, and painful. My Lord, the amount of pain that is available for the, for the average human to deal with, uh, is tremendous, is, is, is absolutely overwhelmingly uh, uh, tremendous and anytime you want to indulge in it anytime you want to meditate on pain and and, and misery and self-loathing um yeah it's there it's just waiting for you and and, and it can it'll give you as much as you need it, it's like uh it's like a, a wheat bix and milk you 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 can pour as much milk as you want onto a, onto some wheat bix and they will suck all of it up and if you give your uh if you give your heart and mind over to the dark side, the dark side will will take it. The dark side will envelop and and absorb it. So I obviously try not to go to the dark side too often. I like to play with the dark side. I think, and I like to keep it. I like to keep it close. Uh, I like to keep it. You know, not too close, but I like to keep it around. Just so it knows that I know it's there. And in a way, I think that that diminishes its uh, its its power uh, quite substantially. Yeah. Um, so we're into we're we're now <clears throat> excuse me we're into the business of uh, becoming a a director now and and having to to um, I don't want to say deal with that sounds that doesn't sound good uh, but having to work with actors. And with, you know, with all things, I, I try and, uh, I try and approach things uh, by, by learning about them, I suppose. So before, before you become a writer, you do some, you read, you become a reader and then you, you, you like, oh, oh hang on a minute. I, if you, oh, what I'm trying to get at is I've been watching how to videos of, of actors and I've been watching, for some reason, I've been watching a lot of Michael Caine instructional videos. I didn't even know there were Michael Caine instructional in, uh, videos. But uh, there's an amazing film that he did called Educating Rita, which is, I think, from the early 80s. 
I think I saw it maybe, yeah, in 1983 or 1984, and they filmed it at Trinity College in uh, Dublin. So because of that connection, it was a big, uh, it was a big film in Ireland in the in the eighties. It was on TV all the time, and I, uh, they did they don't show at the, at that time they didn't show a lot of movies on Irish television at all. Uh, but they showed educating educating reader, and Michael Caine plays the um, uh, literature professor, and oh, I've forgotten the lady's the woman's name, who plays the she's basically a hairdresser from. Um, you know the the lower classes of of English society who wants to get an education, so she goes to night school at uh, at, at the university, and Michael Caine is her her mentor, her 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 teacher, I suppose. And there there's there's a YouTube video of Michael Caine, Michael Caine, and he is uh, he's walking young. English actors through what it is to be a a film actor, and it is equal parts hilarious and fascinating. Um, yeah, the, the the world of uh, of Michael Caine is worth a look into. I read his uh, book. There's a brilliant um, there's a brilliant biography by David Niven. Um, I think it's called Bring on the Empty Horses or it might be called The Moons and Balloon. I'm not sure. Um, and it's really good. It's a really good book. It was written years and years ago. It was written like in the 60s, I think. Uh, and Michael Caine tried to write an autobiography similar to David Niven's, but it wasn't very interesting. But he interviews, I think, a lot better than he than he writes. He's incredibly charming, and he's he's quite uh, he's witty, and he's obviously lived a very interesting left of center uh, life. To be a, I mean, he says it himself. He came from the the project, the projects of 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 London. He he um, one of these interviews, he called himself like a scumbag. He was just like. Uh, yeah, he, he was nobody, and he became. He went on to become an international, you know, movie movie star. And Michael Caine's not a handsome man. Michael Caine, when he doesn't have a beard, he kind of looks a bit like a fish almost. He he has very thin lips and and pale white skin, and then he's got that uh, curly ginger hair. Like he's, if, if you were con if, if you were to construct a movie star, you. you you wouldn't instinctively construct someone who looked like Michael Caine, but through, I suppose, just his his charm and his charisma, he, um, yeah, he, he he managed to pull it off, man. He managed to pull it off. So, if you have a chance to look at, uh, if you're interested in in, in acting, uh, yeah, have a look at, at some Michael Caine tutorials available online. Um, so I'm 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 diving into that. So I'm diving into that. Uh, if you are a uh, a twenty five to thirty five year old actor, a female actor or a male actor, and you are free for about three weeks in November, and you'd be interested in auditioning for Edward and Isabella, please uh, get in touch. Uh, Adam Morris author at Gmail or uh, anywhere online, and uh, yeah, love to hear from you. And we can shit our pants and dive in and swim together.